just what do you want to do with your life? What do you want from life? What I was clear about, I know that I don't want to go a job. I really didn't like the fact that I have a boss. I really like to do things my own way. So that was kind of clear. If I want to make something on my own. And I really love the idea of just having this laptop lifestyle and have the freedom to, you know, go everywhere where I want and so on. Welcome to another episode of Hyperior Presents. In this episode, I talk to Janis Ozelin. Janis' life changed when he read The 4-Hour Workweek by Tim Ferriss. He started experimenting with different side businesses and knew he needed to rearrange his work-life balance. About a year ago, his wife actually told him they had enough money for him to quit his job. He never looked back. In this episode, you'll learn how to create a different type of content with different angles besides just logic and knowledge. Janis also talks about a great way to think about keeping your audience attention. And that's especially useful when you don't have any credibility yet. My name is Unique, co-founder of Hype Fury, and I hope you enjoyed the show. Janis, welcome to the show. Great to have you here. For people who don't know you, tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah, thank you for having me. Yeah, I'm just Giannis. Most people know me for just creating visuals on Twitter, uh, now on Instagram and LinkedIn as well. But that's kind of my main game and how I got a bit popular <laughs> in the in the Twitter sphere and kind of found a lot of other creative friends. But uh, kind of a bit about myself and kind of how I started this creative journey, if that makes sense. Then uh, yeah. it was around kind of four years ago when I even like just stumbled upon this idea that ooh, online business, you know, what is this thing? It sounds cool. You know, laptop lifestyle. I want that. That sounds interesting. And uh, kind of then I just started to Google some things and find things out. And it was very, you know, I think back in the days, like four or five years ago, if you look back, mostly it's like YouTube videos have these headlines, you know, make $100,000 or whatever in one month or something. Everything is super salesy and feels super like wrong. Around that time, I kind of discovered the four hour work week. And at that point in my life, I didn't read books. And still at, at that point, I was like, okay, sounds super catchy title, super interesting, would love to read this book, but I don't really read books, especially this big. So I kind of put it on the side. And a couple of, I think, weeks later, I discovered that there is this thing, audio books. And that got really me like curious. Okay, I can listen to the books. That's really awesome. So I picked up the four-hour work week. I still remember to this day, I was standing in my, not living room, but I was standing in my bedroom. I was two hours in the book and I thought to myself, just holy shit, Giannis, you've been such an idiot. And I just kind of realized how much interesting and amazing information is out there. And that was kind of my pivoting point where I got really hooked into personal development and kind of, yeah, everything really started there. Of course, it was three years of failures and a lot of unsuccessful projects and just doing random things without realizing the importance of audience and so on. But yeah, kind of one and a half year back, I discovered visuals. Uh, Initially, I discovered them actually on James Clear's blog because he sometimes used them in his writing. And that was the first time it kind of clicked with me that, oh my God, you can actually deliver a concept, an idea through a one visual. You don't need to write a blog post or anything like that. And that was really, that intrigued me. And later on, I discovered Jack Butcher, which I believe you have had on this podcast, which I have listened. He's like really, really good episode. And he proved to me that there is a business for this. You know, these visuals, they can actually make a business and so on. And that was kind of the second big nudge for me that, okay, I think I want to do this. I really like it seems that there's a business, you know, let's, let's do it. Let's go for it. And then it was just some iterations and so on. And yeah, here we are. 
Nice, nice. And so let's back up four years before you read for our work week. What were you doing? How was life treating you? The life was really good. At that point, you know, I was just, I don't know, 24, 25 years old, young dude. You know, I thought, I got life. I got this stuff. I'm pretty smart. And the four-hour work week kind of gave me this realization that I don't know shit and, and I should better start learning. But uh, did you have a job or did you do 40-hour work weeks until you read the book? Or Yeah, I had a regular nine-to-five job. I was kind of quite blessed to move into IT by lucky accidents. I don't have any education in IT, but just by some contacts and they kind of gave a chance to me to prove myself in IT and I kind of yeah went into the corporate world and it worked out really well it was it was a really good job everything was really fine but you know the the purpose was not there <laughs> and how did you find your your new purpose did did the 4 hour work week help you with that or how did it go no i don't know if if i even have a purpose or something like that but you know that just you know what do you want to do with your life what do you want from life you know what i was clear about i know that I don't want to go a job. I really didn't like the fact that I have a boss. I really like to do things my own way. So that was kind of clear. I want to make something on my own. Uh, and I really love the idea of just having this laptop lifestyle and have the freedom to, you know, go where, everywhere where I want and so on. So that was kind of more about the lifestyle stuff because I think it's very important. It's not like, you know, I want to change the world for good or whatever. But it was just, you know, do meaningful stuff that is interesting to me. I really love learning what I like, kind of discovered after the four-hour work week just went into really this personal development rabbit hole. And I just love to share some concepts. I really like to learn. I, I love to unpack these ideas and these visuals. And it seems that, you know, people like them and uh, just, yeah, kind of be helpful and kind of create some books along the way. And we'll see where this goes. What I really understand in the past year is that you can have a lot of plans, but... but <laughs> Well, things really change and uh, yeah it's hard to plan anything but you I have some sort of north star where I want to go but but that's that's pretty much it there is no mission statement that's for sure oh well who knows I've actually been doing a course for the past couple of weeks to get everything out of myself and one of the exercises is get a purpose you know and that's not something there's a system for to do it's like it's experimenting with, you know, if I look at your account, for example, I could say your purpose is inspiring a million people through simple visuals to make something better out of their life. And that could be your purpose. And so my purpose could be, I'm, I'm also still in the experimenting phase. So I, I think, yeah, I want to help 1 million people earn money through their social media presence. And that would be a purpose that will be pretty fitting for me. And uh, Hype Fury helps with that. And I'm really interested in, you know, the entire like digital marketing thing. So that would be a good purpose for me. And yeah, I've just been, been reading interesting stuff about that, that you just get so much more passionate about what you're doing if you have a, a purpose that aligns with your interests and with what the market wants. So do you think there is a value of having this like strict number based purpose, you know, help million people to do X? Yeah, maybe not a million, but it's like it's more of an aspirational thing. You could also say, I want to help one person every day. So I don't think the number is is a big thing you know, as part of the purpose. It's more uh, everything surrounding that, I think. Yeah. Well, I know if, if I kind of look back, I have thought a bit about these things. And I kind of one thing that that I try to remind myself sometimes is that one of the things I want to create, I want to create cool coffee table books, which looks really good on like coffee tables. And maybe you have a friend that comes over 
and they kind of see this book on your table and maybe they are not completely interested in personal development or, or anything like that. And I would like to make these books in a way that it kind of inspires completely blank people that I was, you know, five years ago without the Tim Ferriss, without that aspiration, that kind of nudge maybe the people in a bit like, wow, this is curious, interesting. Okay, let's learn more about this. So that's kind of one thing I have thought about, which is a bit more like actionable. But yeah, it's cool to think about this, I think. You can just by thinking about this, you can hype yourself up and get <laughs> get a bit more motivated. Definitely, definitely. Okay, so fast forward a little bit. So you read the four-hour work week. You still had the 40-hour job. You thought, I need to change things. Run us through what happened. Well, I left my job a bit less than a year ago, which was last year in April. I would say, you know, one thing that kind of made this possible was probably my wife because she's good with money. She knows how to save things. I'm I'm really good at spending and just not looking at my bank account and just, oh shit, uh, we don't have any money anymore. <laughs> so she was kind of good at saving money. And, you know, with all the COVID hitting, you know, less travel, less parties, less everything. And then kind of we managed to save up. It's easier for you to keep all the money in the bank. Yeah, 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 exactly. That was one thing. So, yeah. And if I left my job in April, I started to create kind of the visuals that you know me now for previous year, November, December. That was when, when I kind of went on Twitter and I said, okay, I will be serious about this. I will do this like daily. Let's go. And rather quickly, I would say in, in around, you know, three months, some momentum started to take place. I understood, okay, people actually like these things. Some people actually reached out to me to do some freelance. So there was some sense of validation. And uh, yeah, on April, it was kind of, I even didn't thought about leaving my job. But as this momentum started to took place, my wife was like, really cool, awesome, lovely. And she kind of mentioned that, you know, maybe you should quit the job because the job was a bit frustrating. And, and I had some stressful periods in it. And she thought like, you know, we have money saved up. And then we kind of did some calculations. We understood like, with all the, you know, support from the government and so on. And we had like our second child. So there's some another layer of support from the government. We kind of did the math and we, we did the calculation that we have a runway for one and a half years. You know, even if I have zero freelance gigs, zero anything, we're good. We can live our lives as we live. And then that should be good. And yeah, we kind of did the math and, and I pulled the plug and I said, okay, that's it. And it's been, it's been fantastic. <laughs> I can't really complain about the decision. Nice. But there are two ways of, of going about that. They're usually either people start their side business next to their job or they stop cold turkey. Some people do it without a lot of savings, maybe because you know their costs are low, they still have, live at home with their, with their parents. You had your wife, we did the financial planning, I guess, and but there wasn't really a, you didn't have like a a you know, a couple of months to adjust to, okay, I'm going to quit. It was more like a spur of the moment thing. The money was there. The job was frustrating. You saw an opportunity and then you both, I guess, decided to say, I'm going to quit my job. Yeah, it was kind of, I guess it wasn't even on my radar because I was always, you know, creating something along my nine to five. It was just, I was so used to it. But when actually some validation took place and it was like, okay, this is going somewhere. Yeah, it was just a nudge from my wife. She said, you know, maybe let's go for it and let's see how it goes. So, yeah, but it was definitely, it didn't feel scary or anything. You know, I have two kids and so on. We have a house and a loan and so on. So plenty of obligations not to go cold turkey. You know, some people do and it works. Some people don't and it works. So I don't know. But yeah, we went quite, I would say it was a quite safe bet. 
the wave. Nice, nice. And so you said you did some validation on, I guess, which is now your your main business. What did you do and how did you see the first traction? Well, I think one of the moments which really changed the things was actually because before that, I didn't have any audience. I really didn't have any creative friends as well. You know, most of my friends here in Latvia just do other stuff and they are not really into this. Uh, and I think one thing I did later, almost like before starting doing visuals, was joining uh, Jack Butcher's Visualize Value community. I just joined the community because I thought, you know, maybe some like-minded people will help. And and that, that was tremendous help. It was just not in terms of the value I got in that community, but just the sense that, oh my God, there are people like me, you know, they are struggling, they are doing this, they are, you know, you got the sense that Jack Butcher is the similar dude as me, you know, we have different experiences and so on. He's no like uh, God or whatever, you know, and you just get this reality check that, you know, we are all in this kind of together. We are all similar. We all, all have our like strengths and weaknesses and and that was a huge shift. And, you know, just maybe some initial engagement as well, because you start to chat with some people in the community and they kind of support your work. And, you know, on Twitter, you know, if somebody even likes your post, it kind of gives some extra boost engagement and so on. So joining a community was really huge for me, I believe so. And of course, the other thing, you know, was landing and doing the content that people really liked, because I kind of switched. Previously, I was, I was really trying to do somewhat similar visuals that Jack Butcher does, which is very, like, kind of not in his style, but very similar. And I discovered this account on Instagram, which is quite huge, uh, called Liz and Molly. And those are basically two ladies which talk about, they talk about feelings at work. And they kind of very triggered in my mind this idea, you know, instead of talking about advice and value, 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 which is often like what we what we usually do on Twitter, 10 tips to do this, 10 tips, you know, here's how to change that. I switched my mind to, I started to think about, I could talk about creative struggles because that's something I kind of experienced, you know, for the past, past four years doing a lot of weird stuff. And uh, yeah, I switched my theme to talk about emotions, struggles, you know, which gets a lot of relatable moments and so on. And, you know, to this day, if you will go on my Twitter and you'll check my best performing tweets and the, the stuff that mostly resonated with people was when I talked about not specifically advice, but when people look at the tweet and they're like, holy shit, you know, Giannis, Giannis gets me, you know, it's, it's, I've been there. He really understands me. And that was a huge shift as well. Preparing for the meeting and doing the actual meeting. <laughs> that was one of yours, right? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And a lot of, a lot of similar, that really resonates with people. People, I guess, I don't know that and that's something that I got from reading kids books as well. Because if you kind of read kids' books, and one of the things usually pretty much all of them talks about is acknowledge kids' feelings. You know, if you will acknowledge your kids' feelings, only then they will start to listen. Instead of just yelling them what to do, tell them that, oh, you feel frustrated, you know, oh, you feel like this, oh, you wanted this to happen like that. And then they will kind of tune in and start to listen to you. And that was this moment as well, you know, where I started to treat everyone like kids because... Who don't like, you know, when you go home and your wife says to you just, oh, looks like you had a hard day. And you're like, yes, honey, I had a hard day. <laughs> you know, everybody, everybody loves that. Everybody likes to hear that. So, yeah, yeah, sure. So, yeah, I have two kids myself. So they're seven and four. And I know exactly what you mean. Yeah. You can go against them. You're saying, yeah, but I wanted to play with this kid and he couldn't. And you could say, yeah, but uh, come home and we'll play together. But he's still 
fixated on I wanted to play with my friend. So you first have to acknowledge that. Yeah, I feel you. I understand you want to play with him. Ah, oh, sorry. And then you can slowly nudge him back back home. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And it's very relatable. Eh? So yeah, I think there's a huge demand on Twitter for the 10 tips about or the best curated stuff, threads on that. But there's also a huge demand and you see that where things are going viral, like that feelings based, like, oh yeah, I also have that. Oh man, I this is so um, recognizable. And that really resonates on Twitter as well. And so you went to visualize value, the community. I taste that you didn't really make a lot of connections, maybe just some shallow ones. But the most important thing you got out of there was you saw other people creating things, struggling with things. How did that help you in your path to like becoming a full-time successful entrepreneur? Well, I don't know. The one thing that comes to mind is mostly just previously I was lone wolf you know just doing my thing trying to figure this out pretty much on my own you know i was still listening to podcasts listening to books and so on and just grabbing advice here and there but there is tremendous power just to talk with someone who is doing similar stuff than you and i really i think one thing that i got away from and which i really started to value was that before i was you know looking at all the tim ferris's Seth goldens and all the like big dudes in this industry and the individual after like during the visualized value, I started to look, you know, people a few steps ahead of me. And that was really, really helpful because the advice is a lot more actionable. It's a lot more like, it feels more real, you know. I don't know, if you go and ask Tim Ferriss, you know, how to do Twitter right now, and he would just probably give you a complete bullshit answer because he don't really know that, you know. He he built his audience back in the days when blogs were, were kind of a thing and so on. So He's also still st- sharing his blog posts. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. And just with his 1.6 million uh, audience getting like two likes on on those posts and when he just does i don't know gm uh goes viral <laughs> so yeah exactly good morning did everybody read the uh, a page in my four-hour work week today or something you know and then yeah, i will go viral but instead he's still he's been sharing his blog posts since forever <laughs> Yep, yep. And of course, it's completely fine. He don't give an ash about it and he shouldn't. But uh, I'm just, yeah, it's it's very helpful to look towards people who are just a few steps ahead of you and kind of blend, of course, that, you know, with advice from the gods and so on. But but kind of, I think it's good to find these, let's say, comrades, comrades, or how do you tell it in English? Uh, comrades, yeah. Good word, I think, for it. And so you, did you create your own small community with people you met on Visualize Value or did you meet people along the way and then maybe, I don't know, start a Slack group and, and share things or how did that go? Not really. I think just with a couple, I don't think that one specific person necessarily came out of Visualize Value because mostly it was, you know, I just discovered new people and then new people you know, on Twitter leads to another new people uh, person or whatever. And then they, you know, DM you and then you started to chat and then you vibe with someone and with, with somebody else you don't vibe with. And I think most of the connections got developed from Twitter. I think Visualize Value really helped me just initially to get the initial boost of kind of engagement and just discovery. And then it was very slow growth pretty much every month. But new people kind of discovered me and some DM me and so on. It was yeah everything happened on twitter i would say nice and so you shared your work in the community you got your first likes how did you start your content journey i guess on twitter and the visuals you shared and how did it transition to what you're doing now 
Not much have changed, to be honest. One thing I did, which I kind of committed with a friend, we had this deal that every day I need to do some 50 push-ups and 50 presses and uh, post one visual. And he needs to do his own little exercise or whatever. And we kind of reported every day that uh, if it's done or not, if it was not done, we need to send one euro to each other. So that was a nice uh, accountability partner. So I really suggest if you have a friend who is kind of on this similar type of journey or whatever, who just wants to get things done, that was a very helpful habit to have. And uh, yeah, I pretty much posted daily, just created visuals. And that's pretty much the same thing I'm doing it today, you know, showing up every day with a visual. You know, I try to do threads here and there, but those come a bit harder for me. But I'm trying to kind of expand my let's say, yeah, content creation format, not only visuals, that's still my main thing, but I try some other things. But but yeah, pretty much it was a visual a day, some new people discovered me, there was no huge viral moments or like 5k subscribers at any particular moment. I know, I think my most viral visual, which went like got like two, I don't know, 20,000 likes or something, 2 million impressions. I think it generated that around 2000 followers, I think, but that was kind of my hugest spike ever. Everything else was very slow, common, normal growth. It was good growth, but, but it was, yeah, just posting daily and showing up every day. And of course, engaging with others. That's huge on Twitter. I think if you will just post original content, especially early on, you need kind of to engage with others that, that I think really helps. So yeah, that's kind of my two cents on this. I don't know if you have any follow-up questions here. Yeah, yeah. So hey, you mentioned that you discovered that Instagram account. I already forgot the names, but two women, I think, uh, talking about struggles at work. How did that help you in create different types of content? Well, that was just the initial idea, because it was always the inspiration was mostly, you know, Jack Butcher, a bit James Clear. And it was very this this format that everybody knew, but to not that much people actually talked about emotions and, you know, used like speech bubbles or some weird things in their visuals, which was very uncommon. Mostly, you know, it's some sort of axes or very solid metaphors with some clear statements. But uh, yeah, that, that Liz and Molly, they were really good at kind of evoking emotions, you know, and creating these feelings that, oh, you know, yes, this is how I feel and so on. And that was kind of when I started to just create that type of content and it really worked. It was mostly just to think about, you know, when I create that visual, you think about what type of emotion I would like to evoke from my reader. So for example, for this particular visual, I would like to give that feeling, you know, when as you said previously, with the calendar, you know, that we kind of maybe do some things all day and uh, maybe we need to do some important thing and we just cram that important thing just in the last hour of the day. But actually, we, yeah, all the previous hours, we just kind of procrastinate and do, do just random things, which probably a lot of people can kind of resonate. And then you just kind of illustrate that thing with the, as fast as you can and then just as understandable as you can. So it just is super snappy because i think that's another very important thing if you would like to do some sort of visuals and so on and especially in the beginning i think it's very important to i really like this concept from i don't know if you have read or heard this guy donald miller who have wrote the book story brand it's a pretty good book i have it here somewhere yeah it's really good and he have this concept of Every time you are sharing a message, whatever landing page ads or whatever, imagine that your audience is burning calories while reading that ad or whatever. And if with that like visual, I'm, I'm kind of trying to 
remind me of that the same concept that I want to deliver this idea. I want to evoke this emotion and burn your calories as least amount as possible. And that usually will drive an engagement because people will just stop and they will be, oh yeah, nice, really cool. Yes, resonate, whatever, like retweet and so on. And if they will see your visual or text or then they will be like, oh, I need to spend quite a lot of calories in order to read this or consume this. And they will just continue to scrolling, especially if you have low credibility. Of course, if you are Tim Ferriss or Seth Godin, everybody will stop and read your huge ass blog post or whatever. But that's kind of the idea which I try to follow a lot as well. Yeah, it's a really, really interesting idea. I also like to follow the idea of the of the brand bank. So whenever you like show people an ad, you actually subtract something for your brand bank. Whenever you add value to the timeline or when you, I don't know, create a, a notion file or something that's helpful, yeah, you add something to the brand bank. And I'm I'm always trying to add as much value to, you know, I guess Hype Furious brand bank or my personal brand bank. And I try to take as, at least the least amount of possible things out of the brand bank. So we send a lot of emails, but we actually, we barely send any sales emails. So I think I'm, I probably do it a bit too much trying to put, you know, assets in the brand bank instead of, you know, I can probably sell a little bit more, but I, I also really like that concept of thinking as yourself as like a bank where you can add and subtract from and to your audience. Very interesting idea. I love this. Thank you for sharing this concept. Yeah, it's it's very interesting. And I, I never filtered things through this type of filter, but that's something similar I usually try to do as well. Kind of how, how I think about this is, I don't know, one example that I often use is uh, Julian Shapiro, which you probably know on Twitter. And, and he has like, he almost tweets like, I don't know, once a week or something. But whenever he tweets, I always lean in and I always read because I know it's good stuff. And that's something I try to remind myself as well. You know, don't necessarily tweet, you know, 10 times a day because I don't like that as well. If somebody tweets like 10 times a day, I'm not reading. It's it's too much. It's too much. Sorry, I'm not I'm not interested. But if you come at a good quality stuff and, and I want to create this feeling, you know, when you see my face on Twitter, I want you to lean in and uh, I want you to trust me, you know, with your attention that, okay, Giannis will probably create something good. That's kind of I try to follow as well. But I really love your brand bank concept. It's very, very clever. Nice. Yeah, you have, I guess there are a lot of different ways you can share your content on Twitter. Right? There are a lot of people who tweet at least 10 times a day. They have a lot of witty remarks. They, they look at trends. They provoke things with their tweets. You have people who, you know, are great with words, with um, how to phrase things. That resonates with people who like almost only share threads with people who share memes and other visuals. So there's like dozens of ways people can act on Twitter. And I guess your main way is tell stories with visuals. You're trying a little bit uh, to mingle with threads. How do you see that going in the future? You know, I, you'll probably stick to the visuals, but yeah. Is that something you'd like to develop further? How do you look at that? One thing I usually try to follow, I'll, I really like that I'm having fun while, while I'm doing it. There are some certain, for example, you know, recently I started a podcast as well with, uh, with Alex. I think he have been on your podcast as well because we just talked and he said that he have been. So yeah, Alex from Spain, we started a podcast together 
which was one of my aspirations as well. I always wanted kind of to start a podcast, but I know, you know, most of the podcasts are usually these type of interview type of podcasts. And I was not sure I'm ready to commit to that big of a commitment. But kind of one concept which I really like is My First Million, where there are just two hosts, most of the time just jamming and just talking about random stuff and just basically having a conversation without any expectations or massive preparation and so on and kind of alex just reached out to me hey Yanis, want to do a podcast together and i was like yes i always wanted to start the podcast and this is the perfect format let's do it and kind of one of the reasons why i'm doing that podcast is well one thing is just interesting to talk with another creator you know and just have fun but uh, another thing was just to improve my public speaking skills you know that's that was kind of one of the main reasons why i was actually doing it i just i thought okay if i will do it for a year or two probably I will be a lot better with like communicating my ideas and just talking English in general. So that's one thing which is happening now and will happen in future as well. So far, we are having a lot of fun with it and it doesn't feel that overwhelming. Yeah, another thing is writing, you know, writing comes hard for me, but I think I want to develop that skill as well. So we'll see how that will evolve and, and so on. But yeah, I would definitely would like to bring more writing as well onto twitter but most of the things will be visuals because i'm not thinking that much how am i presenting ideas but one of my core concepts which i really love is just to be extremely fast with conveying interesting ideas you know i'm just trying to be the bridge for a lot of people and hook them in into all this game because i'm giving these cookies that you can eat extremely quickly and get interesting ideas in seconds and i think visuals are one of the ways how to do it most efficiently but writing will come into place a bit more as well probably and then podcast is very fun we'll see nice and then you've been on twitter now for about uh, i don't know like 18 months or so twenty thousand followers a while back you started i think you thought hey what, what jack butcher can do i can do as well so you started your own course to help people with you know i guess doing what you're doing how did that come to fruition how did you launch it how did I go? It was unexpectedly good, to be honest. And yeah, I, I guess one of the one of the advice that I often heard before I even started to create when I was just consuming podcasts and just learning, one of the things I often hear is that, you know, make a product or make a course or make something when your audience is asking you to do it. That is kind of one of the advice, which is quite commonly spread among some some creators. And nobody, of course, wants to listen to advice. We all want to want to make products and we want to make money. And and I don't believe there are right or wrong ways to do it. But I was actually, I was thinking to do a course, but somewhat maybe after three months from now. So maybe mid, mid this year, that's when I kind of wanted to do a course. But I had quite a few, I think around 10 people who were actually asking me, I really want to learn from you. You know, can you, can you do a course? Can you just coach me, teach me or something like that? And I really didn't want to do coaching, but I, and I was kind of in the November, I was thinking, okay, you know, let's, let's try to do maybe a more like an MVP version of this, but in order to give more value to students, you know, let's make it, uh, with the community. And I'm actually like sharing a lot of feedback to people and so on. So I, so they get this tailored advice for their work and yeah, tons of people have, well, okay. I don't know tons, but there's like more than 200 people now in the course, which is quite, quite a big number. I'm really happy with it. And um, yeah, it's going really well. The feedback is really good. And I kind of plan to do some iterations on it, but uh, it's been a blast. It's been a very humbling experience with, with all of that course. And, and yeah, the, the best part of it is that 
a lot of people actually get very good results and super early on and a lot of them have kind of got their money back with doing freelance and so on so that's that's very wonderful to see and uh and yeah so it's so it's been really great let's dig in a little in how you created your mvp like the first version of your course how did you do that well again this was again looking at the things how i like to see i was not looking what other people are really doing i was thinking how i would like to consume a course what are maybe some courses that i really liked and what i like about them so one of the things i was like i will not ramble i will not talk some unnecessary bs i will try to be really on point and very high signal and i will just try to bring out the most important things so that was one of the things so it's kind of in general the course was I don't know how I ended up, but it's basically four videos in total around one and a half hour. And, the, and then it's just more, you know, some behind the scenes where I just show how I, how I create my visuals and just talk over when, when, I'm, when I'm doing it and we have some office hours and other things. But, but initially it was just, I think it was when I started to think about creating a course, I was having this notes on my, on my notes up and I just kind of noted some ideas. Okay, I think this is very important for people to know okay, then this, this, and kind of I had these ideas and then I just kind of outlined them in four modules and created slides, recorded slides, talked over them. And that was pretty much it. Created a Discord community, super MVP. But yeah, people people seem to like it and get some results. So I don't know if you have any follow-up questions I can elaborate, but that's kind of, it was very raw and very, very basic, you know. How did you decide the four parts in your course was that also based on people asking you questions how did you come to that well one thing was definitely to kind of creating that from questions that kind of poured in but now the reason i kind of want to do an update because i've now worked with quite a few students and i've learned a lot you know what is the kind of initial struggles and so on so i kind of want to adjust some of the things but the format i had was basically the initial initial part of the course was fundamentals where we simply covered kind of the fundamentals that we touched here a bit you know talking about emotions not only other stuff you know all about this calorie thing that you need to be very fast and efficient and kind of remove the clutter and some other things which i kind of need to look at it and then the second one was kind of how to generate ideas because that's a massive part of all of this one of the most important things i never sit at my laptop and i okay now i will come up with an idea i always have a file with tons of ideas from weird places kind of yeah, where I just have gathered them. So yeah, that was the second module about mostly how I generate ideas because it's very, very important. And then the third module was how to work with ideas. That's actually when you kind of take the fundamentals, take the ideas and start to work with those ideas. Okay, how, what type of metaphors I could use, what type of format I could use and so on. So that's kind of the third part of it. And the fourth was basically basics of design and how to actually make it in a visual. So that's kind of the four fundamental concepts I have in that course and how i how i got about i didn't thought anything else was really necessary so that was pretty much it and after that it was just some behind the scenes and some templates and so on but that's all minor stuff but yeah i think what people mostly enjoy is the feedback in the community that they create this visual and they get concrete answers from me that okay i think this is good i think maybe this could be you know a bit bolder so it stands out and so on so i think that's the best value but yeah okay cool and so Already a couple of hundred people are on your course. You've had great results. What are your next steps? Or, you know, if somebody else would think, well, I'm going to launch a course, I'm going to, might not be with visuals, but might be with something else. What would be a logical next step for people to do? 
it really depends on your intentions where you want to go so kind of one of the thing which i have promised to myself and kind of in the course that i don't want to close the community but by end of this year i don't want to have the obligation to actually give feedback to people and so on because that's taking quite quite a lot of time and uh, i plan to iterate it more to a self-paced course kind of leave the community there but without that feedback option because i just want to have more more time on my hands and i just want to learn and create books or something else i don't know so yeah kind of i want to iterate it more to self-paced type of course and then maybe if there is a demand you know i could do maybe once a year or twice a year cohort courses which could be probably you know higher price point but where actually people get hands-on experience maybe some you know similar as ship 30 for 30 have like 30 day type of course maybe it could be something like that for uh, for everyone who really wants to wants to do it that type of way so those are the two ideas i have but i don't have very concrete plans now just the plan is just to update the existing stuff and yeah nice and so for people who are thinking of creating visuals also you know maybe similar to yours or have a background in visualization uh, you said well i've been tinkering for years and now finally i've got something with your course i guess uh, you can probably crank those three years in maybe a month or a couple of months and then the quality of your visuals will already be pretty good for people who are also like visualizers animators stuff like that what would be a good way for them to start on twitter grow an audience and then maybe in the end also you know create a course or something like that well I know if we talk about like creating a course and so on, you know, the best thing you could do, which I understood is just have an audience, have people, you know, if you can show that people like your stuff, people engage with your stuff, people love it, like freelance gigs will come out of that, like a lot of good things happen if you can grow your audience and if you can generate engagement, that is just, it's money, you know. people will come to you and people will want to learn from you. you know, if somebody comes out and creates like epic stuff and people can't really figure out how they do it and they can generate results, you know, people want results and people think if you will buy that course or whatever, I will have those results as well. And, you know, sometimes it's not true. Sometimes it's true. Of course, it's all like, you know, about the expectations to have the patience and so on to actually follow through. But yeah, the, the main thing is just generate audience, generate engagement, and that will lead into good places. But that that's the path i went you know there are probably a lot different ways how to go about this as well and you mentioned a bit about how people should actually start i could probably give advice not only to visualizers because i'm not actually and i don't consider myself as a designer and that is i think one of the actually reasons why probably quite a few people have been interested in my course because one of the stories i kind of sell is that i'm not a designer you don't need to be a designer to do this And I really believe that. And a lot of people have got really good results who have not been designers and they are now doing freelance gigs as a designers. Uh, but because what I'm doing, it's not really about design. It's about one of the things I kind of teach and explain and how I like to look at this. I simply look at visuals as another language, how to communicate ideas. It's that simple. It's just a different way. You know, probably 80% of the people who will look at your work, they will not care that much about the design and how fancy it looks. If you can communicate that idea in that novel, interesting, new way, they will appreciate it. And it doesn't matter what type of font you are using and so on. Of course, it matters, but it matters this much instead of how most people think that it's like everything. So yeah, really get rid of the idea and have this belief that you really can do it just find one of my visuals you know a lot of my visuals are extremely simple bar charts or super simple processes because you no know, 
everybody can go in a simple PowerPoint presentation and actually do it. And yeah, so have this belief <laughs> that you can actually do it. And then some of the tips we already talked about here. Don't think about only, you know, how to illustrate quotes and create this advice type of visuals, you know, think about emotions, think about relatability. That's another advice. And and the second thing is, of course, be fast, be quick, especially if your credibility is low. Remember, if your credibility is low, you either need to have a very good hook, how to loop people in to read your stuff, or just you need to deliver the value right then and there and be super efficient, super fast about it. So yeah, and I don't know, if you are interested into this type of visual stuff, you can actually go into my Twitter profile and in my bio link, you can find one thread, which is how I go about visual content creation. And it has quite a few tips there, which you can just read. And uh, yeah, recently I recorded a podcast episode as well talking about this. So you don't need to buy anyone's course to do it. You can really do it. Just have the belief and start to experiment and shake off this idea that you need to be a designer to do it. That that's maybe an excuse that you could use, you know, 10 years ago. But just think about the tools that we currently have. It's just crazy. And tutorials and everything, everything is so accessible. So you really don't need to be a designer to explain ideas visually. Nice. Janis, thank you very much. This was a lot of fun. Where can people find you? Yeah, just my Twitter at Ozolins Janis, but that's hard to pronounce. So you can go to my bio link, which is bio.link forward slash OZO. And uh, yeah, all my stuff is there. So that's that's pretty much it. Thank you. It was good fun. Thanks, man. That's a wrap on this week's episode. Don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss our next show. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave an iTunes review and give us a shout out on Twitter, sharing your favorite part of this episode. See you again next week. <laughs>